Well, hello there, and welcome to the My Adoption Coach podcast, where I give you the step-by-step support and guidance you need on your domestic adoption journey. My name is Amanda, and I'm an adoptive mom of two on a mission to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable, because no one should walk the domestic adoption journey alone. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the My Adoption Coach podcast. In this episode, we're going to dive deep into the adoption home study. I feel like I should add like a dun-dun-dun to the end of that sentence, (laughs) because most of us freak out just hearing the words adoption home study. But don't worry, as always, I've got your back. I've broken this down for you step by step. And if you want the checklist that goes along with today's episode, head on over to myadoptioncoach.com backslash homesteady and it'll get sent directly to you. Okay, in today's episode, I'm going to break this down step by step. But first, we're going to start with an understanding of what a home study is, and why we must even go through a home study. And then we'll talk about the different steps within the home study itself. Okay, so what is a home study? A home study is an official process governed by the courts to ensure that you have a stable environment to raise a child in. It consists of a series of meetings with a social worker, a mountain of paperwork, and background checks to ensure that a child in your care would be safe. Okay, I know that this may seem super weird, right? Somebody has to approve for you to become a parent? Like, what the hell, right? Well, let's be real for a second. You may be incredibly irritated that someone gets to pass judgment on you while others don't have to have this type of approval whenever they're getting pregnant or accidentally getting pregnant. I get it. We felt the same way at first. I mean, who are the collective they to decide that we are fit or not fit to be parents? But let's take a second to unpack those emotions and recognize them for what they are, fear. Or at least that's what it was in the case of myself and my husband. I'm never going to paint a broad brush here, but fear of rejection oftentimes comes out as anger. And what I'd like for you to take a moment is to really dig in to understand the root of those emotions. That's important for your healing overall in this process. And that's exactly what happened to us in our process. Our home study actually became something that was healing and growing for us because our social worker helped us process through the grief that our infertility journey had left behind whenever we decided to adopt. Then after our disruption, she helped us process through these emotions so that we could open our hearts to another opportunity. So if you're feeling angry about the idea of a home study, I would urge you to take a minute to unpack the emotions and understand what the root of that really is. And if you need to seek professional help, there is nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, you really want to do that before you're sitting at the quote-unquote interview table with the social worker. So that way you are in a much healthier place. Okay, I'm officially going to put away the soapbox now and we're going to dive into the four parts of the home study process. Step number one, paperwork. Step number two, references. Step number three, social worker interviews. And step number four, home inspection. As always, I'm going to break it down step by step. And if you haven't grabbed that checklist yet, go back over to myadoptioncoach.com backslash 
home study so that you can get your checklist to help you through what we're about to go through here. All right. So during the paperwork phase, you will be gathering information like birth certificates, marriage license, previous year's tax returns, and go through a series of background checks. The social worker you are working with will have an exact list of documents that you'll need to provide, and you'll want to follow that list exactly. Missing just one document can slow down your process tremendously. From a background check perspective, it is important to talk about what all will occur there so you can put away those nerves for good. You will be asked to go be fingerprinted so that the social worker can ensure that you do not have any prior criminal history that would make you an unsuitable parent. These fingerprints will be checked at the state and federal level and in some cases can require for you to be fingerprinted twice so that the paperwork can be shared with both the state and the federal agencies. When I was going through this step, um, every time we had to go through the home study process or be renewed, I will fully admit I felt like I was going to throw up every time I pulled into the parking lot to be fingerprinted. I don't know what it was, but it's not like I was hiding something or was afraid I was going to be caught of some crime. But I felt like my entire life, it had been instilled in me to avoid going to jail, to avoid getting fingerprinted. And here I was voluntarily choosing this. Um, so if you just be prepared for that emotion, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you here and feel like it's okay. Um, but it really bothered me for some reason having to get fingerprinted. None of the other parts of the adoption process really got to me like that one did. Um, okay, so moving on. Additionally, you'll be asked to complete background checks for child abuse allegations or convictions. This is typically just a form that you'll have to f- complete, but everyone living in your home over the age of 18 will have to do this. Um, you'll likely be requested to complete some medical screening paperwork as well. And typically, this just involves getting a note from your doctor saying you have a reasonable life expectancy. And if you have any diagnosed conditions, that they're being actively managed and would not impact your life expectancy. Now, when we talk about medical diagnosis, the subject of mental health often arises too. This can become a really super touchy subject. And that if you're really worried about this, you should discuss this with your attorney, with your agency or your consultant early on in the process. But I don't believe that there's like a list of diagnoses that like make you ineligible for adoption. But it's important that you take the same mentality as the medical diagnosis we talked about before. They're going to want to know that you have um, your condition managed and that it does not impact your life expectancy. So if your doctor or your therapist would say that you're mentally capable of caring for a child, and that you're actively managing any diagnosed conditions, then it's worth moving forward with the paperwork phase or having a conversation with your attorney, consultant, or agency if you feel uncomfortable or unsure about this. Okay, step number two, references. This step will vary slightly by state, just in the form that you actually have to complete and the number of references. But typically, you'll be asked to provide about three to seven references that would agree that you would make a great parent. In most cases, they will be requested to write a letter that outlines how they know you, their observed experiences with you and children, and why they think you would make good parents. But let me give you a few bonus tips here. Strategically choose a combination of friends and family with and without children. More on that in just a second. 
ask for more references than you need. So you don't have to put pressure on anyone if they don't get it back to you in time or if they just agree to do it and never actually take the action. Ask for it a week earlier than you really need it. That way, you can extend grace to them if they miss the deadline without putting yourself in a bind. And the last bonus tip is to think about this reference beyond just this particular request. While the request for the home study is important, I would also urge you to think about how you could use these references when you're trying to match with an expectant mother as well. Could you use it in your video or social media post? And if you chose people with children, would they let you kind of borrow their children to be in your profile to help tell stories that support your adoption? And if you want to learn more about how to make an amazing adoption profile, and how using your references children in your post, then make sure to tune into the upcoming series that we have all about your adoption profile. Okay, one last bonus tip for you. It's actually from today's sponsor. Gee, I wonder if the My Adoption Coach is actually sponsoring our podcast again. Well, of course it is. And remember that amazing home study checklist that we talked about earlier in today's podcast? That is the bonus tip. Go to myadoptioncoach.com backslash homestudy to download your free checklist. Listen, I know it's totally cheesy for me to sponsor my own podcast, but I mean, you got to have a little fun, right? I mean, I'm recording this in a room by myself, so at least I've got to make myself laugh and hopefully you laugh too, right? Okay, so let's talk about our social worker interviews next. While the entire homestudy process can be a bit nerve wracking, This step and the next are likely the two elements that cause the most nerves. Like we talked about earlier, someone interviewing you to say that you're approved to become a parent can feel pretty weird. And again, if this particularly gets under your skin, I highly recommend that you unpack those emotions to get to the root of it. You want to do this before the social worker shows up for the interview because you want to put your best foot forward, but do it in a very authentic and honest way. So in the interview itself, the social worker will typically want to talk to you and your partner together and individually. They will be asking you questions in a couple of particular areas. If you had an infertility journey, they're going to ask about it. If you sought professional help to overcome the mental anguish that came from it. And if you're done with trying to get pregnant through fertility methods, most adoption agencies and most social workers will not support you in pursuing multiple avenues of adoption at the same time. So it's really important that you understand the rules and um, clearly communicate how you're following those rules. Next, they're going to ask you about the adoption itself. They're going to ask you why you want to adopt, why you feel equipped to parent an adopted child, what you plan to tell this child about their adoption story, and their first families. Finally, they're going to ask you about your child care plans after adoption. What is your plan to care for this child once they're home? They want to see that you have a plan that is sustainable and that will enable the child to stay safe, grow, and flourish as they get older. My biggest tip for this part of your journey is to think ahead about how you would answer these questions and discuss them with your partner to ensure that you're on the same page. This I cannot stress enough. You want to show up as prepared, calm, cool, collected, and on the same page in those social worker interviews. 
even though you may be so nervous, your legs could just run out from underneath you. It is important that you just be as calm as possible. It's okay to tell them that you're nervous. It's okay to tell them that this is weird and different and that you just don't really know what to say. But the most important thing you can do is be yourself. Be calm. Be yourself. Okay, moving forward to the last step in the home study process, the home inspection. Again, this step and the last one is likely to send you into a slight panic and maybe even want to make you clean your house for absolutely weeks. When it comes to preparing for the actual inspection itself, I would divide the prep into two camps, cleaning and safety. When it comes to cleaning, I would prepare like my favorite judgmental relative or friend is coming to visit. I mean, you know, the one that always makes you feel slightly uncomfortable, like they're judging you or your cleanliness standards the entire time they're there. I mean, while I'm being a little bit funny here, you totally know what I mean. I know that for me, for instance, I was just envisioning, I won't say their name in case they ever listen to this podcast because I don't want to hurt their heart like that. But I was envisioning this person like literally sitting on my couch and seeing a tumbleweed of dust bunnies <laughs> roll through uh, my house. I mean, they're not going to go through and inspect your shelves with like a white glove, but they want to make sure that the child is going to be healthy and not get strangled by that dust bunny <laughs> rolling across the floor as they begin to crawl. But in all seriousness, I took this as an opportunity to revamp the house just a little bit. It was a great excuse to remove clutter, to buy new drapes or rugs, um, and even get my husband to part with a few things that I just couldn't stand. But y'all, shh, please don't tell him. <laughs> there were a few things that were just laying about that I was like, oh, you know, I just, I think that should be put away before the home study happens. Um, <laughs> I know it's, I know I'm totally making fun here, but the real point of this is to make sure your home feels presentable, but you don't want to spend a million dollars changing out things, right? But rather focus on what's going to make you feel proud and confident to have someone coming to your home. That's what's most important. You want to know that they're going to feel comfortable and that you feel comfortable and proud of your home. So that way the nerves can ease just a little bit more, right? Um, and if all else fails, in the interview, if you get nervous, think about that dust bunny tumbleweed going across the floor. <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll make you laugh for just a second, right? So the second area that I would focus on as it relates to your home study is safety. And this is a very big deal. The social worker is going to be looking for anything that could harm a child, like stairs that don't have a gate on them, outlets that need plug covers, cords that are dangling off of a counter, where a child could pull something heavy off onto themselves. You know, just the general stuff that you need to do to make sure you can keep a child alive, right? They're also going to be looking for some not so obvious things like smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors with fresh batteries and in working order. Don't be surprised if they test them. Locks in the doors that are not easily accessible to a small child. Fire extinguishers, any place where there could be a fire. Covers over pools or hot tubs that a small child could not move on their own. And if you have any firearms in the house, it is important that you know that ammunition and firearms must be kept in different locked locations at all times. Your firearms cannot be loaded in their locked location. 
and your home study worker is going to want to see both. And if you are someone who has firearms in the home and your social worker is not someone that is comfortable around firearms, make sure and be super respectful of that uh, feeling that they're having. Of course, you want to follow all the typical gun safety protocol as it relates to keeping the barrel away from someone and all of those types of things. But you want to be open and honest about this in your homesteady um, because you want them to feel really comfortable whenever they're going through and, and checking things out. Again, I would highly recommend that you ask the homesteady agency for a checklist of what they're going to be looking for whenever they do come for your home inspection. And also don't be surprised if the home inspection and the interview happen at the same time. Now, a special note for COVID times that um, home studies are taking a bit longer to complete these days. And depending upon the state that you live in, you cannot become a live family or actively advertise your family if you're self-matching until the home study is complete. So I would recommend that you ask your home study agency or provider what their average wait time is so that you can determine how much time you need to clean, declutter, um, do those special little projects around the house that you want to before you're scheduled. So if you call and they say that they're three months out, well, then you know what? Get on the list for three months out and then you've got three months to accomplish what you want to accomplish there. Um, and listen, I, I know most of us in the adoption process are like super mega planners. Um, and so I would just recommend that you pass that waiting time by working on your list. In our case, I intentionally scheduled the home inspection for about a month after I made the initial contact. So that way I could go room by room um, and make the updates and the uh, decluttering and the cleaning that I really wanted to accomplish. And so when I was going through this specifically, just to, to share my personal experience with you, I divided my um, home into three zones and because I wanted to have everything done the week before the home study. And I focused each week on those uh, particular zones. So I would go in and I would take the weekend and at night after work and I would declutter the room and I would make a list of what upgrades or updates I wanted to do. And I would order because I'm a big <laughs> Amazon or Walmart.com shopper. Um, I would order everything um, and have it ready so that the next, by the end of that week, it would all just arrive and I could put it up, I could change it out, etc. And so I would just do that zone by zone. And then on that last week, I went through and had a specific cleaning uh, schedule that I focused on. And so I uh, assigned a specific task to each day that I would go through and do each of the three zones um, into. So I would start with, and I would always clean from top to bottom because that's just who I am, right? So, um, but that was my entire process. I just divided the house into zones, focused each week on a new zone, um, and then did kind of that deep clean the week before that they were going to come. So that way, the day before they came, I could just do that last minute um, scramble around and make sure there's no dust bunny tumbleweeds <laughs> rolling across the floor. Um, so I, I hope that helps you. Again, each person makes their own uh, process, but I thought sharing a little bit more behind exactly what we did in our case might help you as well. Okay, so there you have it. The steps to passing your home study with flying colors. 
I know that there are a lot of actions that you need to take, and it may be hard to remember them all, but I will always give you a resource for each episode, so make sure you head on over to myadoptioncoach.com backslash homesteady so that you can get the checklist that will help you go through this process step by step. Adoption can be so overwhelming and scary, but it does not have to be that way. Please jump into My Adoption Coach, the Facebook group, so that we can support you in your journey. Remember, anything is possible with a plan and support. You can do this, and I've totally got your back.